We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to the last hour of At Your Service here on Camel X this evening. Make sure you stick around, though. At 11 o'clock, we'll be doing the uh, the Rewind, where you'll be hearing kind of the best of St. Louis talks today from 11 to 2 with, uh, you know, Ryan Recker. You remember him. He used to be right here in this very time slot. He and Karen and Carol Daniel and, uh, and Bo Matthews have uh, started St. Louis Talks. I listen to it most days. I can't listen every day because, you know, I've got a job during the day. Uh, but I listen to it most days. And if you stick around at 11 o'clock this evening, you will hear the best of St. Louis Talks from today. Also, you can catch it at any time on the odyssey.com app or at odyssey.com online. Hey, Brad Young in with you this evening. Glad you're with us. Uh, got a lot of great text messages. Uh, some of them have used, shall I say, colorful metaphors uh, that are not necessarily within FCC guidelines. But uh, I thank you for texting. Uh, text line or the phone lines open. Open phones here this hour. 314-436-7900. Uh, during this hour, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court because this week, was a busy, busy week uh, for the Supreme Court. And uh, they've had a lot of decisions coming out. I'm not going to go through all of them because contrary to what you may think, most, the, in fact, the majority of Supreme Court cases are dealing with dull, boring, regulatory issues. They're not sexy. They're not interesting. They're not controversial. Most of them are pretty dull and mundane. And by the way, have you seen who's on the Supreme Court? I mean, those folks are dull and mundane, but they do make impactful decisions. And this week we saw several. So I'll be breaking those down here as the last hour unfolds. But before I get to that, if you've ever heard me on this show before, you know that I'm a passionate advocate of free speech. Uh, in my mind, the the ability to control speech is tantamount to the ability to control thoughts. So a government that control can control what you say can control what you think. And uh, and that's a scary prospect. Just go read uh, George Orwell's 1984, and that will tell you the downside of controlling speech and controlling thought. And so that's why when these uh, social media giants go to such lengths to control speech drives me crazy because it really strikes at the heart of what this country stands for. I mean, there's a reason why freedom of speech is the First Amendment. It's not the 42nd Amendment. It's the First Amendment because it's paramount in importance. And yet this week we just saw another example of these wacky left tech companies 
squelching free speech. And it, it's, it's maddening. Here's a great example. There's, I don't even know who this group is. They're called Real America. It's an organization. They must be somewhat aligned with uh, former President Trump because they did an interview with an exclusive interview with former President Trump. And it aired on YouTube. But as of today, YouTube has suspended Real America from YouTube. Why? What did they do? Did they uh, did they drown some puppies? Did they kidnap children? Uh, what did they do? No, they didn't do any of those things. They simply aired this interview where President Trump said, I never admitted defeat. I never admitted defeat. He didn't say that the he was really the president. He didn't say that the election was a scam or that he won by 10 million votes. He just said, I never admitted defeat. And YouTube has kicked them off this organization, Real America's Voice, kicked them off of YouTube because it violated their policies of spreading disinformation and incorrect information because he gave an opinion. I never admitted defeat and they kicked him off. And the reason why that's outrageous, they're going to be kicked off for a week now. So between YouTube, between Google, between Facebook, between Twitter, if you combine those or those high-tech social media organizations, if you say something they don't like, you're gone. I mean, keep in mind, it wasn't that long ago that if you said that the, that the uh, coronavirus accidentally came out of a lab in Wuhan, you would be kicked off of social media. What's happening now? Every day there's new evidence that the coronavirus came out of the lab. I'm not asserting that it was intentionally released. I don't know. But the evidence now shows, if you want to follow the science, it probably came out of that lab in Wuhan that was, hello, investigating coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. I mean, give this example. I've given this example a couple of times. If you go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you say, hmm, somehow there's been this release of chocolatey goodness in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I wonder where it came from. Oh, maybe a bat flew into a turkey's mouth, and that's where the chocolatey goodness came from. No, how about the Hershey's lab, you moron? It's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And so that's really what we're looking at with Wuhan, China virus. But if you would have said that six months ago on Twitter, bang, you're off. If you would have said that on Facebook six months ago, six months ago poof, you're gone. But now it's pretty much uh, the science is now demonstrating that it was probably what's called gain-of-function research coming out of the Wuhan lab, Wuhan coronavirus virology lab in Wuhan, China. And so what YouTube or, or, or the social media giants say is a lie today and they kick you off their medium for it, it could certainly be the truth tomorrow. See, that's the problem when these groups are saying we are the arbiters of what is truth. Because by saying that, anytime they disagree with you, by definition, you're telling a lie. You're telling a lie. If they get to define truth, then anything that you say that goes against high-tech social media cabal is by definition a lie. And they can squelch your speech because they disagree with the content of your speech. That is anti-American, and that is wrong for this country.
When we come back from this break, we're going to break down some of the Supreme Court decisions that came out this week because many of these will impact you and will impact how we move forward as an American culture because many times that's what the Supreme Court decides. Brad Young at your service this evening on KMOX on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young here with you this evening for the last hour. And uh, we're going to talk about some Supreme Court cases, unless you've got something else on your mind, 314-436-7900. Phone lines are open. And uh, again, this was a busy, busy week for the Supreme Court. And uh, they issued a bunch of decisions. I'm just going to talk about a few. But the first one I want to talk about is one that I've highlighted a lot here on X and also over on our sister station, 97.1. And that is a case called Mahanoy Area School District versus BL. And it's, in essence, the, the case is this. And when I tell you the fact pattern, you may think this is, this is not a big deal. But just hang with me here and I'll give me a minute to explain it. What the case about is this, is the, the, the student is a, was a cheerleader, BL, and they, they didn't give her name, they guessed her, her initials because she was a minor, but she was a cheerleader. And uh, she didn't make the senior varsity cheerleading squad. So over the weekend, on a Saturday night, on her own personal phone, from her house, she did a Snapchat, which only goes to a limited number of friends, and then it gets destroyed. And she texted out or sent via Snapchat. She said, F the school, F the cheerleading squad, F everything. Well, someone took a screenshot of that, turned it over to the cheerleading uh, uh, a person in charge of the cheerleading squad, and she got suspended from school, or suspended rather from the squad because of that language. So was she using foul language? Of course she was. Do I approve of anyone speaking like that? No, I don't. I don't talk that way, and uh, other folks shouldn't either. But the issue is when, what limitations are there on the government's control of your speech? You know, there's an old saying that I may disagree with what you say, but I'll, I'll defend to the death your right to say it. I truly believe that. And that's in, in this instance, it's true that even though she was saying things that were vulgar, she had the right to say it. She was off school property. She wasn't directing it towards the school. She wasn't threatening anyone. And yet the school suspended her, punished her for the content of her privately expressed speech. So it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court rules in her favor, but not in the way that I wanted them to. They ultimately issued a decision in favor of the cheerleader, but they did not use this case as an opportunity to delineate and to, and to really give us some guidelines as to when the schools can control the speech of students. I wish they would have taken that opportunity. They didn't. They did give some guidance on this, and I'll certainly get to that in a moment. But in the meantime, Joe's been holding while I've been ranting. Hey, Joe, welcome to KMOX. Yes, good evening, sir. I enjoy your programming. Thank you. Uh, first, I'd like, I, I got a comment about St. Louis. Okay. Now, my family uh, has been here since 1861, and I live by the hill. We've never moved out of St. Louis. But I'm 81 years old. And in my lifetime, 
when they were building the arch, they told everybody about all the money after the arch was built that would come to St. Louis. People would come from all over the world to St. Louis to see the arch. Unbelievable. Okay. Well, that didn't happen. And then, and then they wanted riverboat gambling. And so we passed the gambling thing and, and all the money was going to be made off, made off of gambling on the riverboats. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, it seems like every time we're, we're given a bill of goods about all the money coming to the city of St. Louis, never happens. Mm. Well, and we've got in, in 1950, St. Louis almost had a million population. Now we're down to 300,000. And in 1950, we had 28 aldermen. And now we're down to 300, and uh, we still got 28 aldermen. Yeah, but I'd like funny? to know what happened to all that money York and the boat gambling was going to bring in. Well, here's the here's the answer to that to some extent, Joe. First of all, I do disagree. The Arch has and continues to bring in enormous amounts of revenue and tourism dollars. In fact, it's one of the largest tourism destinations in the country. I've seen the statistics. I don't have them here at the tip of my fingers. But uh, uh, but the Arch brings in millions until COVID. It brings in millions of dollars every year of tourism dollars. So that that is a true statement. Now, when you talk about the riverboat gambling, here's the scam, Joe, with the riverboat gambling. We were promised that this would go to fund education. And while some extent it did, you were told a massive lie by the state of Missouri, the people who are pushing the riverboat gambling. Because I'm going to make up numbers here for you, Joe, just to describe how this process works, and I'll make it quick. But let's say, for example, just to use an interesting made-up number, let's say that at one point the riverboat gambling brought in uh, $100 million of revenue in a year. Again, I'm making that number up. But if they brought in $100 million, you would think if it goes to education, that means education gets an extra $100 million a year. How cool is that? Wrong. So what happens is that money goes into education. However, what happens is the state of Missouri, like every bureaucrat government, simply transfers $100 million out of the schools into other, for, other uh, por- portions of the state government. And so even though the gambling money goes exclusively to education, there's no net increase in money to education because the money that would have been there gets distributed to other things. So that's why it's a they've sold you a bill of goods because the government has one function, and that's to increase its own size and to increase its own importance. And how have you have that has that been your experience, Joe? Well, no, uh, I'm not disagreeing with what you say about the the gambling part of it. Uh, you mentioned in the beginning about all the money the arch brings in, and I'd like to know where that money went from the arch. And uh, oh, I can the, tell you, I can tell you exactly, uh, Joe, that that money that brings that comes in from the arch, it goes into hotels who who where the people stay. It goes into meals and restaurants where people go and eat and dine. It goes to Bush Stadium because people go and catch a Cardinals game while they're in town to 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 go to the arch. I mean, that money doesn't just go to the government. It goes into small businesses. It goes into restaurants. It goes into hotels. And I've seen the numbers, and the numbers are quite large because the Arch is a very, very popular tourist attraction for the entire United States. Okay, I understand all that, but what I'm trying to say is if this money is bringing in, it's being taxed. 
by the city of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know if all that revenue is coming in from the arch, how come St. Louis is broke? Well, because more, you've already said, because it used to have a million people and now it has 300,000. And I'd like to know how many of those 300,000 people in the city of St. Louis actually have jobs. How many of them are paying taxes or how many of them are simply the recipient of government benefits? And well, that's no, why. Why? No, let me explain something. People that work in the city don't live in the city, most of them. But they do pay city earnings tax. I, I do. I work well, in the city, yeah, and I pay city that, earnings tax. Yeah, but the city don't depend on city earnings tax for livelihood. But I guarantee you, every evening when these people get off that work in the city, they're on Highway 270 heading west, and they're heading north, and they're heading south. They're not living in the city. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't live in the city. I wouldn't want my kids to go to the city schools. I wouldn't either. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a real a, problem. And that's a shame because of all the lies we were giving you with all the revenue coming in from the arts and all the revenue from the gambling and whatever, and we're still broke. We are, and and it is a true shame. Hey, Joe, we're coming up here on a break, so I'm going to have to let you go, but thanks for calling in this evening here on Camo X. Okay, can I say one more thing? Make it quick. Okay, you, you condemned Illinois, and it's the same boat. There's a city in Chicago with 3 million population, and Illinois is broke. It truly What's is. What's going hey, on? Well, they're broke because they don't know how to manage money, Joe. Hey, I'm coming up on a break here, my friend. Going to have to go, but uh, thanks for calling in this evening on Camo X. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk more about some Supreme Court decisions. We've got more folks holding on the phones. What's on your mind? You can call or text 314-436-7900. Brad Young in this evening at your service on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 1015, sponsored by Bath Fitter on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Brad Young in with you this evening. And can I just tell you, I'm glad I don't have to say the Mike Schilt show. I'm just, you know, I, I, I folks, I don't want to get crossways with the FCC. I'm just glad I can, I don't have to say it. I can just pause and think and say the Mike Schilt show. Uh, don't say that too quickly, my friends, or you'll get into some serious trouble. Hey, Brad Young in this evening. Listen, I'm the fill-in guy. I can't get in any trouble, right? What are they going to do, sue me? Uh, hey, let's go to the phone lines. John's been holding for a long time. Hey, John, welcome to KMOX. Yeah, you know, the last caller, you know, he was talking about taxes and everything. Yeah. And I, uh, and then you made the statement, well, you know, there's only 300,000 people in St. Louis, and do they, have, do they all really pay their taxes and whatever? And well, I take I take that kind of personal. I live in the city of St. Louis. Thank you. I pay Thank my you. taxes in yes, the city of St. Louis. Yes. And I don't mind. Now, you know, but you were trying to demonize the people that live in, there's actually less than 300,000 that live in the city of St. Louis, but you're trying to demonize the taxpayer that does live in the city. No, not, not what at you all, were saying. I'm, so, I'm well, sorry if you took it that way. I was saying that there is a large segment of the population of the city, just like the in a small little town that I grew up in in Southern Illinois, where there's uh, 20, no, 40% of the town I grew up in is on disability benefits. 
There's a large segment of the city of St. Louis that are not paying taxes, uh, but that doesn't demonize those who do. God bless you. I mean, I pay taxes in the city, and I have since 1992. I've paid taxes in the city. So, John, I'm right there with you. And if you thought that I was demonizing you, I apologize. What I was suggesting is is that we have a government bureaucracy in the city of St. Louis that was designed and built to service a million people. Now the population has gone down 66% or more from that million population, but we have the same size government. And that is crazy because the... No, 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 no we don't. The taxpayers voted in the city of St. Louis to reduce from, was it, 28 wards down to 14. Uh, the automatic ward is fighting it. But I also want to get into the TIF money. You know, oh, we need a new football stadium. Let's get a TIF. Oh, we need a new soccer stadium. Let's get a TIF. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a company over here. Uh, we want to do a new Walmart store. Let's get a TIF. Boy, the TIF money, that's tax increment financing. That's yep. the taxpayers paying for big corp, big wealthy people corporate welfare. to get let's a tax call, break. Let's call it what it is. That's it's called welfare, welfare queen bullshit. Uh, We've got to hit that, James. Well, we got, sorry about that, John. We're going to have to let you go on that one. Uh, hey, are, we're we're back, aren't we? Tell me when. Well, sorry about that. That silence was brought to you by the FCC, my friends. That moment of silence was to contemplate and to think about what words you don't use when you're calling up a radio station. So that's what that moment of silence was brought to you by the Federal Communications Commission. Thank you. Hey, Joanna. If you could keep it clean, what's on your mind this evening here on Camo X? Uh, I just wanted to point out, I wanted to mention that I had a great aunt that that um, was living in the city around Chippewa and Kings Highway, and she voted uh, consistently Republican. And then one election time, she wasn't able to vote because of uh, Certain people in the city took her name off the off the uh, list so that she could not vote, and you know that uh, she thought that was unfair because they didn't they didn't like her voting Republican. Well, that could be. Um, I I would suggest that that the more likely scenario is that government bureaucracy doesn't work. Uh, and it, it was probably removed. The most likely scenario is that she was removed because some government bureaucrat uh, accidentally deleted it. I mean, it, it could possibly be uh, because she voted Republican. But I think the most likely scenario is just government ineptitude, to be honest with you. Did she go back and re-register to vote? Because she clearly could have done just, that. Yeah, I just know that she said that, that she was her name was taken off, and I don't know what the deal was. I, really I don't, don't either, but I, I would certainly think. hope that she would go and then re-register to vote because yeah, this is America. Did. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, Joanna, thanks for calling in this evening. Appreciate it. And also, I wanted to ask, how do you give a contribution to Mark McCloskey? I don't have a computer to get online. Is there some way I can give a contribution to him well, you can you can ask somebody who's got access to a computer or a cell phone. They can find it online. Um, otherwise, uh, I I, do, I wouldn't really know. I mean, I'm not working for them, okay. so I, I don't I, know. Okay, I've got some people I know that are, that have got the computers. Very okay. Good. Hey, Joanna, yeah. thanks for listening to Camo X. Appreciate it. Okay, thank mm, you. Good night.
Uh, yeah, that was. this has been fun. Um, listen, if you've got something else on your mind, as long as it isn't one of those words you're not supposed to say on the radio, you can give us a call at 314-436-7900. If you want to text something, you know, text uh, whatever you like. Uh, we've got some, as I said earlier, we have some colorful metaphors here with folks are texting in, and that is always acceptable. 314-436-7900. Uh, before that excitement, we, I was talking about this Supreme Court decision uh, in Mahanoy Area School District versus BL. And so in this case, remember, just to kind of bring you back up to speed, this is the case where the, the cheerleader was texting. She texted kind of what, uh, kind of like what the caller said here a few minutes ago that we had to dump the call. She was texting words she shouldn't have been texting, sending it via Snapchat, but was punished by the school. And the Supreme Court ruled eight to one. Eight to one, which is almost a near unanimous decision to say that the school should not have been allowed to punish the student because of the content of her speech. However, I was hoping that the court would take this as an opportunity, take this as an opportunity to draw a bright line into what schools can regulate and what type of speech schools cannot regulate. And unfortunately, the court did not take that step. And I think that they chose not to take that step because they could, by watering down the decision, they can get more of the justices in the majority. And so by not taking that hardline position, had they taken a hardline position, it may have been a five to four decision. And right now the court wants to get as many unanimous and near unanimous decisions as possible. But here's what's interesting. The court in what's called dicta and that is the part of an opinion that is not necessarily the holding of the case, but is just additional comments in the decision that are instructive for future guidance. And the court did say this. And I just, it's the only part of this decision I'm going to read, is that, the, is that there are limits to what schools can regulate in terms of speech. But the court went on to say that there are circumstances that may allow a school district to still regulate off-campus speech, and they gave some examples. For example, uh, the kind of things that schools could still regulate is speech that is, uh, uh, includes serious or severe bullying or harassment, speech that targets particular individuals, uh, threats aimed at teachers or other students, uh, texts that deal with or speech that deals with a failure to follow rules concerning lessons or the writing of papers or the, even the use of computers, and particularly, the court said that if you're involved with breaches of school security or online hacking, then they can certainly regulate that speech. So the court drew kind of a middle line in terms of what can be regulated in terms of speech. Hey, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. When we come back, we're going to talk about one other case at the Supreme Court, and we're going to hear from our very own Kevin Colleen. On, a, on his latest whole nother story. Brad Young here this evening on At Your Service. We'll be right back. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Hey, thanks for staying up with us uh, this evening on KMOX. Brad Young, we're talking Supreme Court stuff. Because they were pretty busy. Uh, you know, those Supreme Court justices, some of them are pretty old. So 
when they're busy, they stay up all the way till 7.30 p.m. over there in the Supreme Court. That's why I think my, my youngest daughter, who's 18, I think she should eventually be a Supreme Court justice because about 8.15 at night, she's ready to go to sleep. I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? You're 18. You're supposed to be at the highlight of your exuberance. You're supposed to be out, you know, clubbing and partying and 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 doing all kinds of fun things. I'm supposed to live vicariously through you. You're supposed to be up till 2 a.m. And it's 8.15 and you're asleep on the couch. Really? So I still think she should go to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. She'd fit right in. She would fit right in, you know, uh, back in the old days when, when Ruth uh, Buzzy Ginsburg and and Scalia, you know, they'd be probably dozing in the chairs at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon without some coffee. So, uh, but anyway, they, we got some decisions that came out this week. The other case that I want to briefly talk about is this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when the when the police, if they want to enter your home, guess what? They have to have a warrant, right? Everybody knows that. If you've ever watched Law and Order, you know that. So, the question has been this. Under what circumstances can police enter a house without a warrant? Now, it's been black-letter law for decades that if the police are chasing you when you've committed a felony, let's say it's the proverbial bang, 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 you shoot somebody, and then you run into your house and close the door. You can't look at them through the window and say, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you can't come and get me because my door is closed. Okay? They can kick the door down. They can come in. They can tell you to get on the ground, assume the position, and slap on the cuffs. But what happens if you've committed a misdemeanor? Do the police then have a right to come into your house without a warrant? That's never been decided before at the Supreme Court. Well, it has now. And this week, the Supreme Court ruled correctly, I think, that the police cannot enter your home without a warrant if they're pursuing you for a minor crime. So if you do the proverbial spit on the sidewalk or throw down a piece of paper or do something trivial and go into your house and lock your door, they can't kick the door down, yell and scream for you to get on the ground and then search your house. They can't do that. And that's a good thing because the whole purpose of the Constitution, particularly in the amendments, is to restrain the power of an authoritarian government. That's the purpose of the of the amendments to the Constitution, and I think that's correct. And this was actually a unanimous decision. It was written by Justice Kagan, who's at the far left of the spectrum, and even Justice Thomas and Alito, who's at the far right of the spectrum, everyone agreed with this case, that the police under the, under the Constitution do not have a legal right to enter your house without a warrant if they're simply following you for a misdemeanor or a minor Crime. And I think that protects you and that protects me. The other thing I want to get to here before we wrap up the show tonight is Kevin Colleen. Why? Because Kevin Colleen is a genius and he once again hits it out of the park, unlike the Cardinals. He hits it out of the park with his whole nother story where he talks to our very own Brian Kelly about raccoons in the yard. Here's Kevin Colleen. Well, we uh, we have a lot of bird feeders out, and the, the there was a neighborhood raccoon that would come in the middle of the night and was knocking down our bird feeders, breaking them, stealing them. We had a 
a, a suet container that is completely gone now. Brian Kelly is a man who likes to watch the birds come in. The red-headed woodpeckers, the indigo bunnings, the goldfinches swooping in for a snack. So when the raccoons interfered with their menu, Brian went on the offensive. First with a BB gun. But Which he just, is a humane thing. You just sting him, right? Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I didn't even... It's like flicking over. somebody. Exactly. It's like... You got I, heavy coats. You're not welcome here. Leave. And after a couple of nights... What of, portion of their body did you aim at? I don't aim at their head. Their little eyes are so cute. You can't, you know... So just in the rear end? Yeah, kind of, you know, like a spanking. A little, a little spank to them. And yeah. you're not welcome here. Just go back in the woods. Be happy, right? No. Didn't get the message. So after a couple of nights, I, I got out. I, I went nuclear. And we got out the, uh, the electric fence. The electric fence. The electric fence. So uh, we had it up in, in two levels. There's a lower wire and an upper wire. And the other night, my wife and I were sitting on the back porch waiting for the critter. And did you put a perimeter around the bird seat? About uh, two-thirds of the way around. That's all the wire I have. i got to get some more wire. So we're sitting there waiting. And I had my flashlight on him, and he came up, and I think he actually got stuck between the two wires. So, yeah, he was, he was there for probably 10 or 15 seconds uh, getting a jolt, shall we say. And when he went back to raccoon headquarters, what do you think he told the others? Well, actually, there were two raccoons a couple of nights before, and I think he told the other one, you don't want to go back there anymore because I have not seen him since. But no, he, he ran away and I haven't seen him since. And now the birds have returned to their feeders and find them unrated by raccoons. The balance of nature has been restored in Brian Kelly's backyard. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Next time I talk to Brian Kelly, I'm going to have to ask him if there's any pictures of or video perhaps of him cooking the raccoons with an electric fence. The other thing that occurred to me is, you know, under the Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, there is a prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. But unfortunately for the raccoon, it's only applicable to people because you. I don't believe you can in any state now electrocute people uh, for the death penalty because it's considered cruel and unusual punishment. But however, it's perfectly fine for those darn raccoons, I guess. <laughs> That's like there was there was this product years ago, uh, a, a, ammunition, and it was called, it's not for sale anymore, but there was this ammunition called Blamo Ammo. And what Blamo Ammo was, was it was, uh, it was a shotgun shell, a shotgun ammunition, but instead of there being pellets like you would find in a regular shotgun shell, BBs, pellets, it had phosphorus in the shotgun shell. So whenever you would fire this shell, instead of BBs or, uh, coming out of the shotgun shell, flame would come out of your shotgun shell. Flame. It would shoot flame because it was phosphorus. It would be on fire. And so their advertisement was, Blamo Ammo, it's been banned by the Geneva Convention because of being cruel and unusual warfare uh, tactics. But it's perfect for home defense, so it's not it's not sold anywhere anymore. But uh, hey, coming up in the next hour, you're going to want to stick around for the best 
of St. Louis Talk. St. Louis Rewind from 11 to 12. You'll be hearing Ryan Recker, Bo Matthews, Carol Daniel, and they'll be talking from 11 to 12. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Also, just to let you know, I'll be filling in this Friday for Annie Fry. Uh, Friday, Annie Fry on Friday from noon to 3 over on our sister station, 97.1. Also, I'll be on tomorrow morning on Overtime with Charlie Brennan from 8.30 a.m. to 9. So uh, we'll probably be talking legal stuff because I enjoy doing that. We'll be talking current events, politics, news of the day. That's what you love most about X. We keep you informed and we keep you entertained. Uh, I appreciate the calls tonight. We did have one exciting call, but uh, we took care of that, didn't we, James? Thank you very much for your help on that. Uh, producer extraordinaire, James, appreciate that. Should be in next week as well uh, uh, during the Cardinals' uh, exciting run for the playoffs. Well, <laughs> oh, come on, guys. you got to turn it around. We've still got time. It's still early in the season. No need to panic. Brad Young sitting in this evening at uh, on at your service on Camo X. See you very soon. Well, it's all. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.